Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, guys? Josh Salvo here. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to uh, speak a little bit about our membership program that we created a little over six months ago at this point. Uh, if you're not familiar, what we did is we built this platform that gives members discounts of up to 50% off 90 plus startups. Many of these startups are the brands that we interview on this podcast. Um, So the reason we created the platform is really to help uh, outdoor enthusiasts discover new innovative startups really related to their favorite outdoor activities, whether it's skiing, climbing, hiking, camping, whatever, really, um, and be able to get a discount on them. So basically, in addition to that, you can also apply to become an ambassador for, for these brands um, all from one location. You can do it basically with a click of a button. makes it super simple. Uh, we'll also showcase a lot of the new products that these brands are working on. Uh, you can get access to demo and trade show deals up to 60% off all of their stuff at the end of the season. Um, and lastly, we have a private Facebook group for everyone who participates uh, to get to know us and each other on a more personal level and really help us um, build the future for really the outdoor space and showcase new innovative brands. So if you want to check it out, head over to readyyeti.com slash members and uh, you can get your first month free. What is going on Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. And on today's episode, I'm sitting down with the founder of Gutsy Bar, Carrie Forbes. Carrie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. Without a doubt. So for the listener that may not be familiar with Gutsy, um, you're fo- you focus on offering... Uh, quality energy bars for the um, active person, traveler, really anyone who's looking for a healthy snack to increase their energy level, right? Exactly. And so how would you um, best describe Gutsy um, to someone new who's never heard of your business? Um, so I, there, I mean, there you're basic, you know, healthy uh, snack bar. I call them travel bars um, primarily because I I don't want somebody to think of them as a primary form of nutrition as a complete meal replacement. Um, And they aren't, I don't consider them energy bars because they don't have, um, they're not super high in sugar or carbs, which is traditionally what an energy bar is. Um, So I call them travel bars. They're just kind of, um, you know, what you take when you're on the go. Um, and so they, um, they're non-GMO, they're gluten-free, no added sugars. So I'm really, um, more focused on low sugar, low carb kind of nutrition profile. That's interesting. Now, how, how did you get into this? What made you realize you wanted to start this kind of a company? Um, it started in 2013 or 14. I was, um, a fitness editor and I became very hyper-focused on my nutrition um, and my my macro and micronutrients that I was taking in. And as a fitness competitor, you are, you know, everything is high protein, low sugar, low carb. And so it was really hard for me to find um, a bar that fit that, fit my nutritional needs at the time. The Quest Bar was one of the few that um, were approved through my coach. Um, and it was good for, for, 
a small period of time and then the they it just started to hurt my stomach and as the company got bigger the bars um the the flavor wasn't there for me and so that's kind of what um really inspired me to create a bar that um had the nutrition profile that I wanted and um had had the flavors and the taste tasted more um natural that's interesting so okay so you you start out um it's really sort of um uh, a product to help solve your personal problem, which obviously a lot of people have, right? Um, mm-hmm. So how did you go from um, the idea of wanting to create your bar to then now having three different options and selling them uh, re- uh, in retail shops and then obviously online? What, what was the process like in really developing the bars themselves so, A, they taste great, and then also meet all of those requirements? Yeah, so um, mine is maybe a little bit less traditional in the fact that I didn't go into this thinking I'm going to start a bar company. Um, I had done the fitness competition, then I just started because I was absorbing so much information about health and fitness. I um, I needed an outlet, and so I started blogging. And um, so Gutsy actually started off as a blog, and the way that I approached each one of my posts was um, from a very holistic point of view, and in my tagline. At the, t- at the time was better from the inside out. So it was not just what you're putting in your body, but also what you're putting in your mind. And the blog was doing well, and um, I just wanted to do more with it, and I wanted to to offer something to, to my audience, and that's where the bars came in. Um, but I did it very, very casually, and, and again, so I just I found a manufacturer um, that allowed me to create these bars, um, without, you know, high minimums. A lot of the facilities that I was looking at, you, you needed a lot of money to even just start the business. Um, and you needed to have, I think it was like, you know, 20,000 bar minimum, which is really high for, um, a new company. So, um, it, they made it really easy to get in and I did it very casually. I didn't even, um, put my logo on the bars because the blog logo was, was pink and I had come up with the state theme. So it just didn't go. Um, and I tested the market with those, that first run that I came out with in January of 2016 and, um, just wanted to make sure that people liked the flavors that I had chosen and that they liked the packaging because my packaging is obviously, um, pretty unique and pretty different. It's not just my brand, but I used I integrated um, states and little little um, slogans for each state. Um, so I wanted to make sure that people were, were receptive of that. And once I realized that um, you know it was working, um, I really put it and in, invested a lot more and rebranded um, the, the packaging and you know redid my logo. And um, that happened in August of 2016. So what what made you decide to focus um, on states and make them the title, uh, the names of the bars? So I have a marketing background. Um, so originally it was it was really just to make them stand out on the shelves. I was living in Boston and Whole Foods was down the street from me and the bar aisle was like, it was literally an aisle, <laughs> an entire <laughs> aisle of just bars. And so, you know, me, I was just thinking about that and I knew it had to be different and unique. And um, I was living in, in Boston. So that was, that was the first one that kind of came to me, um, was the Boston bar. And then I'm from New Hampshire and I vacation in Maine. And, um, so those were the next States that I chose. 
Um, but as I've grown the brand, I've realized how, um, how, how much I want that outside to, to match the inside. And so um, I'm actually realigning one of the primary ingredients in each bar is going to be sourced from the state that's represented on the bar. So my, my ultimate goal for the brand is to be a national brand that's hyper-local. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I guess trying to offer a bar specific for each state. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not going to have all of the states. Obviously, that would be yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, my next, the next three states that I want to do um, is California, using California almonds, um, New York, using New York apples, and Colorado, using probably hemp protein. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't see you having New Jersey on there. It might make people deter <laughs> from New Jersey. I can make that joke because I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what the crop is in New Jersey either. We are the Garden State, though, as uh, oh, our license plate like to point out. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right; I have no idea what they would put on it. Um, well, that's really awesome. I think that's a, a very unique way to go about it, and a good way to really differentiate yourself from uh, a large number of bar companies, right? Because, um, mm-hmm. like you said, in Whole Foods, there's a whole aisle, and um, well, obviously, not all bar companies are. Um, create equal, it's a good way uh, to add that little flair that helps differentiate, at least when you first see it, right? Yeah, it's like this shiny object, and it, and it gives it character, and it, and people resonate with it. You know, whether you're from these three states or not, either you know somebody that is, or you've, or you've um, been there, or, you know, and sometimes I don't think people even care. They just care about the nutrition profile of the bar, and so it catches their attention, and then they look at the ingredients, and, um, you know, they like what they see. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely working, and I think it will be even more special when and, you know, I have that relationship between the ingredients in the bar and the state that's on the outside. Definitely. So did you have any mentors along this journey that really helped you um, start and build Gutsy into what it is today? Um, I don't have any a, a specific, uh, you know, a designated mentor like some people do or, or um, any one person that stands out. But I would say everyone has has potentially been a, a mentor. Um, and I, I'm always um, asking questions and looking to connect with anyone that has any experience, whether it's um, somebody that just built a successful business, no matter what kind it was, or somebody that's been in the food business or retail. Um, you know, so I'm always looking to, to get to meet with those people um, and ask questions. And I also listen to a lot of podcasts that are related to business or um, food, food startups or startups in general. And so I think that that's a really good resource for anybody that's looking to, um, to build a business. Definitely. What, what recommendations do you have in the podcast world? So for my business, um, there's a food startups podcast, but then also for any, um, any startup, there's the founder podcast, how to start a startup and how I built this, I think are all all really great ones. Yeah. How I built this is probably it's, I love it. (laughs) It's one of my Mm -hmm. favorites. Yeah. They do a really good job putting it together. They do. And they always have really interesting, uh, founders of companies that have always wanted to know their story. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's Guy Raz does a great job of interviewing. Um, yeah, there are so many out there, and it's one of the reasons why I started a podcast, <laughs> because it's uh, it's such a great way to 
turn, travel time, workout time, really time where you're just doing one thing and you could also be learning at the same time and it helps you maximize that time. Yeah, it's addicting. I, I think I listen to three a day and it's and I do. I do it when I what when I'm doing everything. I don't listen to music anymore. It's just it's just podcasts. I know. It's it's like it's sort of absurd how many podcasts I listen to. I go through it sometimes and I'm like, oh God. Like <laughs> it's almost an addiction. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um not so so not to get too off topic. Um I'd love to ask you specifically about your commitment to uh, uh, sustainability and really, I guess, the process in which you um, manufacture and make your bars. Uh, Walk us through sort of what that process was and how you um, found your suppliers and really how how that all came together. Um, Yeah, so like I mentioned, I use use a co-packer. So, um, you know, going through their facility and their their, (coughs) – They're going through a lot of changes and improvements on their end, which will help me um, in the long run. Um, I try to source as many ingredients as I can from, you know, from the U.S. And um, like I had previously mentioned, I, um, I've been doing a lot of research and connecting with um, small small farmers and, and local businesses to um, the states that I'm trying to so um, continually trying to support the local economies of those states and um, also trying to create a, a give back program. I've been speaking um, with a few organizations that give back um, specifically um, to farmers. And so um, that's something that I want to try and implement as well. Definitely. Now, um, to pivot a little bit, I want to ask you specifically about the uh, growth and really how you uh, built your following and obviously your consumer base. What is there anything in particular that you would attribute uh, a lot of your success um, to really growing Gutsy to? Um, so I basically bootstrapped this business and so a lot of my growth has been um, has been through social media, word of mouth. Um, it's been very organic because I haven't had a lot of extra money to put towards any big marketing campaigns, even though I'm a marketer, it kind of kills me sometimes because I know all of the things that I can do. Um, but yeah, so I would say social media has been, has been great. And, um, and then word of mouth from there. Um, I also, Amazon has been really great for me this year in terms of growth. Um, I do um, Amazon Prime. And so I just ship them my product. And on, on that platform, it just seems to grow every month. And I'm not even doing anything on my end. So uh, that's been really good for me, too. That's great. It's always nice having those channels out there to help really boost you and, and get you going. Um, so you, you bootstrapped from the beginning. What, what does the growth look like from its uh, start in 2016 to now? Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much quadrupled from, well, from the start of 2016. So the first half of 16, 2016 was, um, was very small in sales because, um, as I had mentioned, I didn't put him, I didn't place them into retail until August when I actually put my logo on the packaging. Um, and so the first, you know, six or seven months was really just 
mar- testing the market. And so it was more friends and family in my email list from the blog. And, um, and then in August, September, they went into retail. So that, so that end of year was, you know, pretty small, but I pretty much quadrupled my sales since then. That's awesome. And you're, you're full time, uh, doing a little stuff on the side, but that's, uh, that's impressive doing it in such a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been good. And, um, yeah, it's been good. So definitely. Now, what would you say has been some of the hardest parts about starting and building gutsy? So I, you know, as I had mentioned, I didn't, um, because I did this so kind of casually and off the cuff a little bit. I didn't put together a business plan. I didn't put together, you know, financial projections. And I don't think I realized how much it was going to cost to grow. And um, I also didn't realize how much your margins get cut into when you start going into retail, not just into retail, but then um, working with distributors as well. um, And then the marketing expenses on top of that. And so... Um, I think that whole part of it has been, you know, a learning process. And I think if I had to do things over again, you know, there's some things on, on that side of it that, that I would have changed. Um, but yeah, I think that, that the, the financial part is, is maybe a stressor for everybody and just figuring out how to, you want to create the best products that you can and create. Getting the best products also costs the most money, which gives you the, the least amount of margin. So it's like this this balance of just wanting everything to be the best and wanting to give, you know, to be able to give back and wanting to be able to have, every, you know, in my case, bars, everything be organic. Um, and you realize as you grow that you have to make decisions and maybe some compromises in, in certain places. Um, so... Um, you know, making those decisions is is probably would be a, hard, a difficult thing for me. Yeah, I can totally see that. It's um, for a small business, it's so much harder to uh, to keep that intact because you don't have the money to, right? It's uh, you, you got to sort of figure it all out <laughs> and just throw it yeah, together. Yeah, and like almost. the margins come when you scale, so when you do get bigger. But so yeah, it's when you're smaller, it's. Um, you're operating very thin and you're also trying to grow at the same time, which costs more money. So yeah, it's like this constant battle. Yeah, I totally get that. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so what's your greatest fear and how do you manage it uh, with gutsy? I would say, um, you know, this goal of wanting to be a national brand that's hyper local is, um, so important to me. And it's also very difficult because as I was kind of saying, as I've been doing this research and getting pricing on some of the, the local ingredients that I would like to source there, you know, double what I'm, what I'm paying from these, the larger organizations and, if I do that, then the cost of the bars go up. So it's like I, but it's really important to me. So I think my biggest fear would not being able to execute on that plan. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and you, you can't see what's going to happen. Like with this, with something like that, we were just like, you, you could, there are some unforeseen expenses that could come into the thing where it would just push the, 
the price of the bar just like a little too high. And then, you know, at that point you got to then figure out, okay, how else can we bring down the cost of this bar to keep it in, you know, the, the threshold or desired price point for consumers. So it's, it's, I can imagine it's, um, exhausting and scary at the same time. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, people will pay for quality, but there also gets to a point where they, you know, it gets ridiculous. They'll, they'll only go, go so high. Um, but I do, I do see that people are willing, you know, to pay more. I don't find that high, having a little bit higher price point um, deters people when they know that they're getting really good ingredients versus some of the the crap that's out there. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a very good point. It's a lot of people are becoming a lot more aware or are more conscious to look at the label and be like, okay, I know what all of these ingredients are. I'll buy this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made, uh, up until this point? Um, I haven't had anything catastrophic and I think, um, that I maybe make decisions a little bit slower because, um, it is just me and because I, um, I don't want to make any big mistakes. And so sometimes I drag my feet when maybe I should just push forward faster. Um, but, um, but also I think because of that, I haven't had any, any, any major things go wrong. Um, when I first rebranded the bars, the, the worst thing that happened was just the, the color of the wrappers instead of being a beige was like Gatorade yellow. <laughs> that was the most upsetting thing to me in the world, but everybody else said that they didn't, you know, they didn't think it was, nobody would know. And they didn't think it was a big deal. But for me, that was like one of the, the big things that um, was upsetting to me. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing, nothing major. It's funny. Something like that. It's like, no one knows that that wasn't intentional except for you. <laughs> except for me. Yeah. But then when I came out with the bars, the right color, then everybody was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was bad. That's so. funny. That's so funny. Yeah. It's certain things like that where like you have to order a large batch of and you're sort of just like, I hope this shows up right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was stuck with it. I went through them. I didn't throw them away because it was. It was a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, you, I was stuck with it for, for, for a while. Yeah, luckily something like that doesn't alter the actual product itself. It's just more so the, right. the look of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, what, what is the – you're, you're a sole founder. You um, are the only one full-time right now. What does is, what is a, a regular day look like for you? Um, <clears throat> I wake up, uh, around six, six thirty, and I basically make myself a, a bulletproof coffee, which I'm, are you familiar with, with the butter in it yeah. and everything? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just get right on my email immediately. Um, because there's just usually so many to go through and getting the junk out and, um, answering emails. And then, I have weeks where I'm on the road a lot, whether it's doing uh, deliveries, uh, filling orders, um, dropping product off to my distributors or other retail locations that I service personally, um, and then meetings. So I have sometimes when I'm all week out of the house um, and doing those kind of things, I don't I, you know, get to catch up on my emails much. And then the, the next week I'll, I'll hunker down and have it be a, a computer week where I catch up on the books and um, things like that. So That's the fun life of being an entrepreneur. No day is usually the same. 
Right, right. Yeah, I usually kind of give myself, I find that I have to do things to be um, effective and most productive. I do, I try to batch things. Um, so if I, if I need to catch up on the books like that will be either the whole day or the whole, you know, a few days will be dedicated to just that without my attempt, splitting my attention up too much, because that's when you feel like you don't get anything done when you're trying to do everything in, in one day. Yeah, no, I do the same thing with podcasts. This uh, today is my podcast day, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I do a bunch of interviews, and it's it's way better than um, you know all the if if I'm doing a bunch of other things and I've got like you know a break for a podcast interview, it, it kind of ruins the flow. So like doing yeah. it together makes it just more efficient. Plus, it um, keeps you focused on what you're currently doing. Yeah, it keeps you in the right mindset. Yeah, for sure. Very important. Um, so, what? Speaking of sort of like advice, what what kind of advice would you give to someone that wanted to start uh, a business, um, whether it was in the uh, the food bar industry, or really just a business in general? Um, my advice would be to talk as to as many other businesses, startups at, at, at any and every level um, as you can. Um, whether they relate to the kind of business that you want to start up or not, um, but also definitely reaching out to ones that are very similar to yours so you can um, have a, a better understanding of what they've gone through and um, maybe some things that they, you know, someone that's gone through those things can definitely give you advice um, on how to proceed with a lot of things. So I think that would be the most beneficial thing for anybody starting a startup to do. Definitely. Now, where do you see, you've alluded to this a little bit talking about the different states, um, but where do you see Gutsy in the next year, five years, 10 years, if you've thought about it? Yeah, so in the next year, definitely getting those um, ingredients and states realigned. Definitely, I am trying, my California bar, I'm trying to have that one be a keto-friendly bar, so um, that will be a high-fat bar, Um, and, you know, getting a couple more states and flavors out there, um, so that would be the next year, the next five years, um, I would like to open my own manufacturing facility on the East Coast. Mine's currently on the West Coast. Um, And I would like to manufacture my own bars um, and have more control over everything. And um, then in 10 years, maybe maybe be a potential acquisition. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a fun road, I'm sure. Um, And uh, I I think uh, you're definitely... on, on track with doing some really interesting things and, and putting sort of a unique spin in the travel bar, energy bar um, industry. Now, what would you say is, what's the best part about running Gutsy? Um, so, I mean, I've, I'm of a creative mind, so definitely creating and connecting um, with people. It's, it's every part of the creative process I just absolutely love. Like, there's nothing about it that I don't like. Um, and it's, and it's just so much fun for me. And then when you have your own business and you get to not just connect with your customers, but connect with an audience in general, people who see your stuff or, you you know, you kind of get your message out there. And, um, my message, I, I call it the gutsy life, which is, you know, um, is stepping outside your comfort zone and kind of 
going through life with um, a sense of courage and spirit and determination, which is the definition of gutsy. Um, and so I have people that email me and tell me like they live the gutsy life. And I just think that that's so neat that somebody not just likes my bars, um, but resonates with the message behind them. Yeah, no, I, it's, um, you, you know, you're onto something, right? It's like when you actually have that validation of consumers coming back to you and like buying into the, the mission and vision of what you're trying and working to build, right? It's, yeah. it's sort of that nice, like, okay, right. I'm doing, I'm in the, I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is, it's rewarding and, and just also comforting at the same time. Um, now, I, I, I want to pivot to uh, talk about the uh, giveaway that we're doing, actually, with, with Gutsy and a number of other brands. Um, so if anyone's listening right now, before December 26th, uh, you can actually enter to win uh, a bunch of Gutsy bars along with a ton of other gear, uh, over $1,700 worth of, of gear, actually. So you can head over to readyeddy.com and enter to win before December 26th. But uh, with that... Carrie, where's the best place for uh, the listener that wants to keep tabs on what you're doing uh, with Gutsy and all the things uh, progressing and coming down uh, the pike? Where's the best place for them to uh, keep tabs? Yeah, I mean, um, all of my social channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, The it's at Gutsy Life, G-U-T-S-E-Y Life. Um, Instagram is the one that I'm most active on, um, so that's always a good spot. And then um, Gutsy.com, and I have uh, you know a blog on there as well. Awesome. Well, well, Carrie, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story um, and get to know you on a personal level and obviously your business. Um, and, uh, I, am really excited to see what you guys do in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for supporting me. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.